0: Welcome to the Warbloggle.com podcast. This is Warbloggle. Uh, This is the fourth episode of of the new Warbloggle.com podcast, which I guess is what I'm still calling it now. Uh, As always, you can listen to this on iTunes. You can listen to it on the vSporto network, which is part of the War Eagle Sports Radio iPhone app, soon coming to Android as well. Uh, And you can also listen to it from the website, which I'm sure is how most of you found this. Um, As you remember First few weeks we had Auburn legend Cody Burns on as a guest, and then that uh, then we moved on, and I pretty much talked to myself last week. Uh, but this week we have a pretty big treat. Um, as you know, Auburn is playing LSU this weekend, and which will be broadcast on ESPN. And the crew is uh, Brad Nestler, Todd Blackledge, and Miss Holly Rowe, which is who our guest is this week. How you doing, Holly?
1: I'm great. And I, I'm just hoping my goal is that we will be more interesting than it was last week when you were just talking to yourself. So I oh. feel like we have a high standard to set.
0: Well, we've already beat that. And <laughs> In that intro and you just talking right there already beat the, beat the excitement level of last week. It was, it was pretty oh, sad. good. I uh, love it. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, everybody knows who you are. You, you've been walking the sidelines of some of the biggest college football games. Of the last, I don't know, decade or so. I don't mean to to date you or age you there. Or any, but you know, you, you, we we all know who you are. Um, just if you could, you know, get what's, how did you get started? I know you you graduated from Utah. I've looked you up. I've, I've studied you a little bit, and you were in broadcast journalism. Did you did you always want to be a sports broadcaster? Is that just kind of something that happened, and you just stayed with sports, or what what were your plans back then?
1: No, I always wanted to be a reporter and I remember when I was in fifth grade they had this career test that you had to take and mm-hmm. you could, you know, fill out different things and it would tell you what you're suited for and they didn't have sports reporter on there. So I've wanted to do it for as long as I can remember because I was raised as a sports nut. My dad took us to sporting events. He was very involved in sports and he had four girls and then when I was 16 he had his first boy. So I feel like he raised us as his boys for a long time, and that's okay with me because we got to go to the heyday of BYU football. We had season tickets, so we were there for the Jim McMahon era, the Ty Detmer era, the Mark Wilson, all the great quarterbacks, Steve Young, and that was my growing up. So I am very passionate about college football, and, and I just, I've just grown up loving it my whole life. So it was an easy career choice.
0: Yeah. Um, and this is something – Something very weird, or not, it's not weird, but just something I didn't expect, um, from Wikipedia, which it may be true or not, um, which Wikipedia was, was, as we all know, founded by an Auburn graduate. Um, it says that your great uncle was Mr. Wizard. Is that correct? You know
1: what? I have never gone on my own Wikipedia page. Is that terrible to admit that? I, so I, I don't know that person. I don't know who Mister Wizard is. That's obviously somebody having fun at my expense. But I guess I better go on Wikipedia. I don't know what else is on there. Oh my gosh! Well,
0: well, you know, any anybody can edit so edit that edit that. So you can go in there and you know, talk okay, all good about yourself. That. Put it whatever you want.
1: Oh, my gosh. You know, a lot of people think that Dave Rowe is my father. He, you know, obviously covered Southern sports for a long time with that SEC network and package. And he's not my dad, but I will claim him. I got to meet him a couple of years ago, and he is this big, giant, strapping guy. And, you know, I'm 5'3", my dad was 5'3", and so we got a real kick out of it. And so we decided I'll adopt him, and he'll adopt me as his only daughter
0: but he is not my real dad well you know being being down here with auburn we've always got to kind of tie everything into auburn alabama the rivalry and everything and i know you you did graduate wikipedia does say you graduated from utah is that correct
1: good yes that's right okay so
0: so the only thing i could think of with utah and auburn or alabama is the is utah beating down alabama in the sugar bowl a few years ago so Thanks for that. For all of us Auburn fans, that's kind of <laughs> our one thing that that we kind of uh, relate yeah, to, Utah.
1: Utah. Oh, my yep. gosh. It was so funny because I actually got assigned to work that game, and so it was very unusual. I was there working this Utah football game, but that particular year, I knew a lot more about Alabama because I had covered them so much that season mm-hmm. then, and so I remember going into the game feeling guilty, like, wow, I, I know Alabama inside and out, and I don't even know my own team inside and out, but... I was actually pleasantly surprised with how Utah played in that game. They really came out and surprised Alabama. My lasting memory from that game is after the first series, the linebackers for Alabama who called in the signals came over, and they were confused. And I just remember that confusion on the sideline, and you don't see that very often with a Nick Saban defense.
0: Right. That kind of leads me to the next question. Um, you know, you're, you're doing mostly different teams every single week. You've got to, you know, study all the players, get their numbers, I'm sure, their names, and, and, and study the teams. When you're doing all those games back to back, do you, you kind of just do like a brain dump on Sunday and have to learn it all again and you don't really have much memory or do you kind of retain it all as the season goes?
1: you retain some things I mean I think some things that you forget like I'll forget who the long snapper was for South Carolina last week or you know little small details that I don't have a great grasp on but big storylines and certain players I definitely remember I ran into a kid on the sideline at my game last Saturday and he walked up to me and he said we were at South Carolina and he said I know you don't remember me and I said, I sure do, Bell Newton. And I just knew right away it was former quarterback to the Gamecocks. So certain kids and certain storylines definitely I always remember.
0: Yeah. Um, well, what's it like? You know, you, you watch the game from the sideline like all the players and coaches do. And, you know, I've I've watched a few games. I've, I, my football career ended in ninth grade. So I, I, I haven't been down there a lot. But I've been able to watch some high school games and things like that from the sideline. And it's a completely different thing. You get – you know, you get spoiled being able to watch it on TV or maybe, you know, sitting sitting 30 rows up. When you're down on the sideline, it's it's crazy. I mean, you it's all kind of jumbled together. Unless you're a coach or a player and know exactly where everybody's going to be, it can be a, a mess. I mean, do you, do you forget what it's like to see it as the fan's view? I mean, when you watch on TV, you're like, oh, wow, I forgot about this view. Yeah, I
1: think one of the things... Is replays, but one um, of the nice new things about the SEC the last few years, and I think Mike's Live was tremendous in doing this, is you know, they used to cut out a lot of the replays on the Jumbotrons at schools, particularly controversial ones or calls that maybe one team wouldn't like because mm-hmm. they didn't want the fans to get stirred up. Well, now all the replays are on the Jumbotrons, so I feel like I get to see the best angles, and that's been really nice.
0: That's um,
1: my viewpoint is very different, like you're saying, like I get to hear what's going wrong or you know oh my gosh they missed a play call because somebody forgot to put that on the wristband i remember in the story i think it was actually the auburn lsu at auburn game last year and zach mettenberger looked over the sideline in confusion and they found out the play they were calling you know wasn't on the wristband so you know little stuff like that you get to see and of course the interaction i was really intrigued to watch the interaction last week with state on clowny in south carolina foot's killing him and just him trying to battle through some pain right now and i feel like i just get
0: the best seat in the house frankly yeah i mean but also on the sideline you've got the danger that you know that everybody's got of being run over on a you know and you're down like on the 10 yard line and you may be you know talking to the guys up in the booth or something and here comes a play behind you have you ever been hit or run over on the sideline
1: I mean, I've had a few close calls. I've never been injured or hurt like that, and a knock on wood for me because now you've jinxed me from <laughs> Sorry. going forward. But, um, no, I, I haven't been hurt that way. I have gotten hurt sometimes in post-game, you know, like when fans rush the field or that gets crazy. Uh, but nothing serious. And one thing I've always learned is if you just stay behind the line of scrimmage, so let's you just stay behind the play, then the play is always going away from you. Mm. And that's kind of like sideline etiquette 101.
0: That's a good tip, good tidbit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you'll, as I said, you'll be covering Auburn, uh, the Auburn game this this year. Uh, you covered it last year. Um, I should know this, but I'm not. Sh- I'm sure you've probably covered a few of them uh, from the sideline. Is are there any that kind of stand out to you? you? Know as you know, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, they've all kind of last second plays. Um, to last year was was only a two-point game. Auburn lost 12-10. to 10. Are there any games from this series um, that you covered or didn't cover uh, that kind of stand out to you?
1: Well, I think the series overall stands out because I've done, I want to say, three or four of them over the last, oh, I don't know, 10, 12 years. And one thing I think people don't know is that this is one of the best games in the SEC year in and year out. Like, everybody knows about LSU Alabama. You know, now everybody's really focused on – Alabama, Texas A&M, and I feel like this is one that's been kind of hiding under the radar. This is one of the hardest-hitting, most physical games I cover all year, and last year was a great example is, you know, everybody knows the year that Auburn went on to have. Well, LSU was a pretty good team last year, and Auburn hung right in there with them and actually controlled the game for large stretches of the game, so I, I, it's just, one of those weird games that I wish people talked about more and we just have to get the word out there is it's a good clean hard-hitting hard-hitting physical series that I think is one of the best in the SEC.
0: Yeah, I mean with with Alabama kind of rising back to the top, it, it, the Alabama LSU rivalry has, you know, obviously taken more of a national uh, national prominence, I guess you could say, but you know, this this series is crazy. There's been the game where LSU scored and it registered on the Richter scale from the, from the,
1: the earthquake game. The earthquake absolutely, game. Yes.
0: I mean, there, it's, there was the game where the barn burned in the background of the stadium in Auburn, you know, late 90s. So, you know, this, it, being down in Death Valley does mean a whole different ball game than, than playing it in Jordan Hare. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Oh, and uh, don't
1: forget, one of my favorite ones was, um, Tommy Tuberville was at Auburn and they go down to, uh, to LSU. And they have the game dang near one, and poor kicker misses some field goals, and then LSU goes for it Mm
0: -hmm. on fourth
1: down and wins the game at the last second. And, you know, that was a gut-wrenching game. So there's been all kinds of crazy games in this series. It it feels like, you know, one of the better underrated series.
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, So I'm not sure how much of Auburn you've gotten to see. I know you've you've probably been studying this week to cover uh, the game. But, you know, what – What's something that kind of stands out to you from this team? What do you like about this team?
1: Well, first of all, I I definitely like, I've already gone over some of the stats, and I watched part of the Mississippi State game today. And I like that they're playing with confidence on offense. I mean, they have, I want to say something insane, like 10 or 12 receivers that have a catch. Mm Mm-hmm. Including, I was very intrigued, Nick Marshall, the quarterback, has a 36-yard reception. So (laughs) Gus Malzahn in his press conference today was talking about how their offense really needs to keep gaining confidence and play with more confidence, particularly in the passing game. But to me, this game comes down to how quickly the Auburn defense can get it together because LSU is rolling. I had them the first game of the season, and Zach Mettenberger has really found some chemistry with two of his receivers in particular, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, and, I mean, they are rolling. And then talk about the way they can run the football. So the defense of Auburn has to make some changes and make some difference in this game for, for them to have a chance, I think.
0: Definitely. And, that I mean, that's the defense has, I mean, compared to last year, been leaps and bounds uh, better than they were. Um, still got a ways to go to, to kind of be that traditional Auburn defense that, that we knew. Um, but, you know, this is, this is going to be a humongous test. Uh, with LSU kind of being the more traditional offense, than Auburn has seen uh, in any game this year, really, um, I don't know. That, it's going to be a different challenge, but hopefully they can step up to it. Um, so, just a fun question. Though, obviously, with Todd Blackledge, he does Todd's Taste of the Town every week. Um, do you ever get to? Does he ever take y'all to where he's going? I've always wondered this. Do y'all go? Oh, to the he pur- does.
1: Oh, we. have. Oh, yeah, we have eaten our way across America with Todd Blackledge, and it is so fun because people are so excited for him to be there, and they roll out the red carpet, and we have had some great times. Now, I haven't gone with him yet this year because I feel like I am forever on a diet in my life, but I am like, oh, he went to a place last week in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, and I don't eat beef. I've never had a hamburger in my life. Wow. And. The hamburger he had last
0: week, I'm seriously reconsidering my position
1: because it was unbelievable. Yeah, he It
0: looked good anyway. <laughs> yeah. He always goes, and when he comes to Auburn, he goes to the exact places we want him to go. I mean, it's it's those undiscovered, you know, nobody, it's kind of a local establishment usually, and it's just one of those places It's just like, yeah, nobody knows about that when they come to Auburn and, and he's getting it out. So that, I don't know, I've always loved that segment. Um so I've always just wondered if it if it's just him rolling up or if everybody gets to go.
1: Oh, no, we go. And one of the fun things is sometimes we get to go on the scouting trips with him. So, uh, oh, yeah, two weeks ago I did go on the scouting day with him where he'll go around and he'll eat it two or three places and scout it out and make sure it's what he wants and that he really, you know, recommends it. And so we did go to a really good breakfast place, uh, Mama's Boy in Athens. I had forgotten about that. So it's fun. He does the scouting work and I mean that guy can eat and it's
0: it's impressive. <laughs> All right. Um so to kind of somewhat wrap this up, I've got 10 questions, 10 quick well 10 rapid fire questions and then or five rapid fire and then five word association. Um, the questions Ooh. are the questions are rapid. You don't have to answer rapidly. You can you know, you can be as long-winded as you want and and, and whatever, but Um, So we'll just start with the five rapid fire. Um, Favorite stadium to work in?
1: Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot because Death Valley would be one of them right up on the list. But now you're going to kill me because you guys are Auburn folks. But I do love Auburn. Um, I have often thought why people don't say that one as one of the first is surprising because I love the flight of the Eagles before the game. That just gives me chills every single time. So I do love that. And then Wisconsin is fun, Penn State is fun. Uh, My my all time favorite was the Rose Bowl the year that Vince Young uh, won the national championship with Texas. Mm So then they played, you know, Matt Leiner and Reggie Bush in the Rose Bowl. And that was about as good as any stadium has ever been.
0: I can imagine. Um, All right. Favorite coach to interview at halftime?
1: okay, you guys won't like this one either. I like Nick Saban because Nick Saban actually gives me information. You know, some coaches kind of just try to blow you off with just an answer. They don't really answer the question you ask. They just say something. Mm
0: -hmm. But Nick
1: Saban will actually break it down with specifics, and I love that as a reporter. Now, I have to ask a good question, so, you know, I'm not being an idiot out there, but I I love the detail that he will provide. And then I also really love interviewing Steve Spurrier because he says my name so funny. He's like, huh? Well, huh? And I just love how he says my name. And so Steve Spurrier is also one of my favorites.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, on the opposite side, and you may not want to answer this to, to stay in the good graces, but who is the toughest coach to get a straight answer out of?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I used to really struggle with Lloyd Carr at Michigan and particularly during those halftime interviews because he was just in a different frame of mind. But one thing that happened to me that was very interesting is he and I had some some battles over the years during those interviews. But a couple of years ago on Christmas Eve, I got a phone call at my home phone and this gravelly voice said, Hi, it's Coach Lloyd Carr. And I just wanted to call him and tell you that I love what you do for college football and I miss you and I'm telling you Merry Christmas. <laughs>
0: What is the strangest thing you have seen on a sideline?
2: Well, it seems very normal now, but the first time I saw it, it did not seem normal. This was 10 or 15 years ago, people drinking pickle juice and eating pickles on the sideline. And then not too long ago, uh, somebody had baby formula or baby, um, like short. That was their newfound way to battle cramping. So... I think those are pretty intriguing. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I saw the – I can't remember what game it was this week, but a guy was drinking pickle juice, but it wasn't just like in a cup. He had a jar with pickles still in it. I I can't remember. I I saw saw
2: that too, and I was like, well, why wouldn't he have just taken the pickles out? But I wonder, you know, sometimes stuff has to stay original for the benefit to be there, so maybe it's better if the pickles are in the juice and retains the original properties. I don't know.
0: I don't know if they had just – they made a call to the concession stand and they brought it down or what, but um, (laughs) – All right, last rapid fire. One name. Who will win the Heisman?
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: I know I, it's I, three weeks in, we know everything. So,
2: <laughs> um, I'm going to go with A.J. McCarron.
0: Uh-oh. Okay, we'll see. I know.
2: I know. You guys don't want to hear that. I'm just amazed. Um, last week after that game, you know, in which A.J. played unbelievably, wins the game, Johnny Manziel is named the Davy O'Brien quarterback yeah. of the week. And I was like – gosh, when is this poor kid ever going to get some credit? You know, credit. I just think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He's won two straight national championships and, and nobody's given him any credit. So I'm just, I'm just amazed by that, I guess.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, that's, that's kind of the thing to, for us, Auburn fans, we see, you know, he is a, he's a great player. He's, well, he's a great, we call him a game manager and, you know, and, and the quarterback doesn't get a lot of chance to shine in a, Alabama offense because they've got great running backs and it sets up the play action and, you know, but I'll bite my tongue. I, I, I respect your answer though.
2: He doesn't <laughs> lose many games. I know he right. lost a critical one last year, but to me, I think he's very underrated with how he throws the ball, how he runs the team, how he gets them in and out of plays. And so it's early, you know, another dark horse that it's too early, but Odell Beckham Jr. for LSU. Mm-hmm. Kid is balling out right now. I mean, he has—he had something like 250-something yards of all-purpose yardage last week. He had a 100-yard blocked or missed field goal return for a touchdown.
0: Yeah, that's that's scary. That, I don't want to hear that this week, but okay. All right, last little bit, word association. I'm going to give you five names. Just give me the first one or two words that pop into your head when I say their name. All right, uh, Les Miles. Funny. Nick Saban. Process. Cam Newton. Charming. Nick Marshall. New. (laughs) Gus Malzahn. Fast. All right. I agree with all of those.
2: Yeah, and I don't mean fast in a racy way. I mean, I (laughs) love watching him. I've gone to practices when he was the coordinator there, and he would wear the headsets Mm -hmm. on Thursday practices and practice getting the calls in quickly. And that always really impressed me because that's a little small communication detail that coaches could easily overlook. So I've I've, I've always been impressed with his tempo, how quickly he can process and get calls in. That it is hard to do that. So I appreciate that about Gus.
0: Yeah, that, I mean that's why I like him. I like fast. You know, a lot of defensive minded coaches don't like it, and and as we've seen in the off season, um, but you know. It works. It's, it's it's what's working in college football right now, at least. We've we've seen the Texas A&M and Auburn's already miles ahead of where they were last year um, yeah. from that change. So, all right, Holly. Um, good luck this weekend. I'll, I'll be down there. Maybe I'll run into you somewhere. If I don't know, maybe I'll. Oh, please come I'll, and
2: say hi. But can I do one
0: last shout out? Oh yeah, definitely.
2: Um, I'm very excited about the new Auburn hire for softball coach. He is—I've covered him at the World Series for many, many years. Clint Myers mm-hmm. came from Arizona State, so I just want um, Auburn fans to come out and support them. He is an unbelievable coach, and I think you guys are going to be so excited about him. And just want to give him a little shout out.
0: Yeah, we are excited about him. He's—he's he's only the second softball coach in Auburn history, so it—it it, it may take a little bit of transition, but you know, I, I, Auburn's always had. Um, great following in in softball. We've got a great little stadium. Um, So yeah, we're excited about him too.
2: Yeah, I think Auburn has everything in place for him to be really successful there. So I can't wait to see how that goes. And we do the SEC tournament on ESPN. So we'll Mm -hmm. see how it goes when we come to May.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again. I really appreciate you doing this for me. And uh, again, good luck this weekend.
1: Thank you. So nice to be with you. Thanks, Ali. Bye-bye.